Chapter 30 of A History of Astronomy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Daniel Wolf. A History of Astronomy by Walter W. Bryant. Chapter 30 Variable Stars. We have noted the gradual widening of the field of variable star observation from the isolated new stars of Hipparchus and Tycho Brahe to the discovery of variables of long and short periods, of Mira, of Algol, and of the anomalous Eta Argus, and incidentally remarked on the binary character of eclipsing variables like Algol, indicating the spectroscope as a valuable aid in this as in other fields of investigation. It must suffice for the earlier period, when this branch was of very slight importance, to note that the increase in photometric accuracy realized by Arglander in preparing the Bon Durchmustrung in all cases insisting on grading not in magnitudes but in tenths of magnitude, was responsible for the quicker recognition of smaller variations hitherto unnoticed, and, indirectly, for the attraction of many enthusiastic workers into a field suddenly become one of great promise and not requiring necessarily great optical power. It was not until 1880 that Pickering published a classification of variables, according as their variation is, 1. Non-periodic, 2. Great and slow, 3. Irregular, 4. Quick and in general small, or 5. Of an eclipse character. It has been claimed that the evidence collected by J. E. Gore of slow secular change demands a new class, but it is doubtful if any star in the universe can be considered as absolutely invariable, and a star that shows a small diminution of luster in a period of many years, sometimes of centuries, may after all turn out to be periodic. On the other hand, Others, on the ground that variables ought to be restricted to periodic variables, object to the inclusion even of new stars, the chief members of Pickering's first division, and might similarly object to some members of the third class. The truth is that it is, as usual, hard to draw the line of exclusion or even of classification. The first class should include, besides new stars, such as those of Hipparchus, Tycho Brahe, and Kepler, also what are called lost stars, of which there are some authentic instances. Failure to reobserve a few stars found in old catalogues may occasionally be explained in other ways, some being traced to then undiscovered planets, some to observation errors, such as a wrong hour for right ascension or mistake of 10 degrees in circle reading, a wrong sign of declination or other errors of transcription. But it does occasionally happen that an undoubted star, such as 55 Hercules, is no longer to be seen and must be relegated to the temporary class. Tycho's Nova, for a time as bright as Venus and visible in daylight, was the brightest of this class. That of Kepler in 1604, estimated at its maximum equal to Jupiter, being followed by a very long period without such a phenomenon. It is possible that a small star still visible marks the place of Tycho's Nova Cassiopeia, 1572. A characteristic of stars of this type is the sudden increase in brightness compared with the slow fading away. The Nova of 1572 increased for about a month from discovery and faded for five months before being invisible to the naked eye. That of 1604 reached its maximum in a few days, remained very bright for a month or more, and was visible to the naked eye for more than a year, disappearing early in 1606. Both these, of course, appeared before the invention of the telescope. Nova Corona, discovered by Birmingham in 1866, reached the second magnitude very quickly, fading also rather quickly. 
It was called T-Corona, according to the convention by which all variable stars discovered in a constellation, unless already provided with names, are assigned the generic name of the constellation prefixed by successive capital letters from R to Z. After nine have been appropriated in the same constellation, the same process is applied as in the case of minor planets, except that only the same nine letters are used, so that UY Cygni, for instance, is the eighth of the fifth series, or the 44th name thus allotted to a variable in that constellation. T. Corona was the first nova examined through the spectroscope, and the appearance presented to Huggins was of two spectra, one similar to that of the Sun, the other superposed upon it of five bright lines, attributed to incandescent hydrogen. Nova Aragai, discovered early in 1892 by Rev. T. D. Anderson of Edinburgh, was proved to have been visible more than a month earlier by reference to the Harvard photographs. It remained visible for a longer time, enabling continuous study of its spectrum to be made, and even after fading beyond the reach of all but the greatest telescopes, brightened up to the ninth magnitude and continued to fluctuate for about a year longer before again fading into insignificance. At first, the spectrum was double, as in the case of T. Corona, and the deduction from it at first was the presence of two bodies, one approaching the sun with a velocity of about 500 miles per second, and the other receding at about 250 miles per second, according to the gaseous hydrogen lines, or 150 miles according to the calcium lines. The hypothesis of a grazing collision between two bodies thus inferred has not been substantiated. After fading, the spectrum appeared faint and continuous with a green nebular line, subsequently resuming a stellar appearance. Mrs. Fleming claimed five nova detected on Harvard photographs before the end of the century, but the new century had not long commenced when the discoverer of Nova Aragai obtained a more striking success by the recognition of a new object in Perseus, which is attributed generally to him, though possibly seen earlier by a Russian student at Kiev. Two days before discovery, it was invisible on a Harvard photograph showing stars to the 11th magnitude, but almost immediately after discovery, it was rather brighter than Capella, much brighter than any nova since that of Kepler nearly 300 years before. During its fading, it brightened regularly about every three days for some time, and owing to its having been discovered some days before its maximum, the spectroscopic indications of its character were not at first of the normal type. It went through the usual series of changes, afterwards appearing as a planetary nebula on its way to become an ordinary star again after the lapse of a few years, taking three years to reach the tenth magnitude. But it had one unique feature in the form of a nebulosity surrounding it, actually shown on a photograph taken with the Crossley reflector at the Lick Observatory within six weeks of its appearance, but not noticed until some months later. Messrs. Flammarion and Antoniati announced, six months after the discovery of the Nova, that it exhibited a nebulous aureole. Dr. Max Wolff at Heidelberg, while attributing the aureole to the peculiar character of the light, noticed on one of his photographs a strong trace of nebulosity some distance to the south and suggested a photographic test with the great American instruments. Perrine at Lick Observatory and Ritchie at Yerkes Observatory then obtained photographs showing a growing nebulosity in the form of a series of spirals apparently spinning from the nova and spreading outwards at the rate of 11 minutes of arc in a year, which, by comparison with the earlier Lick photograph, seemed to have started some days before the original outburst of light. As no parallax had been detected, this involved velocity of motion so enormous as to be quite incredible on the ordinary supposition that the nebulous matter was being ejected by the nova. It was suggested by Captain and Seeliger and others that the nebulosity was there all the time, 
but was becoming visible as the light from the nova reached each successive convolution, and though the light showed no polarization, so that it did not seem to be reflected light, yet some such velocity as that of light, far transcending any imaginable motions of particles, seemed requisite to account for the rapid growth of the nebulous appearance. The velocity of light would suffice at a distance corresponding to a parallax of twelve thousandths of a second of arc, and very careful measures suggested a small parallax not far from that value. We may then tentatively attribute the phenomenon to electrical or other excitement propagated outwards from the center, with a velocity something like that of light, rendering successive portions visible. F. W. Very considered that actual emission of particles by electrical repulsion or light pressure might possibly take place at a sufficient rate to explain the phenomenon, and the question cannot be regarded as settled. An example of the accidental factor in discovery was afforded in the case of Nova Geminorum, 1903. Professor Turner, director of the Oxford University Observatory, picked up an astrographic plate put aside as rejected. On inquiring the reason, as the plate appeared perfectly good, he was informed, wrong setting. The usual cause of such being an accidental error in reading one of the setting circles by which the observer views a wrong field, and consequently picks up a wrong guiding star. Further inquiry, however, showed that this was not the usual case, but that the intended guiding star had been put out of countenance by a brighter one not far off, which had naturally caught the observer's eye. But no brighter one was indicated there in the zone catalog, and it turned out that the guiding had been done by means of a nova. The original idea that the appearance of these temporary stars must be attributed to a collision between two more or less solid bodies, or one solid body and a fairly condensed nebula, is gradually being abandoned, since, of the several successive different phases shown in the spectrum of a nova until it reaches the stage of a faint star again, there is not one that necessarily denotes instability. Even the characteristic spectrum associated with a nova, not reached the first day or two after discovery in the case of Nova Persei, is seen permanently now in the celebrated Eta Argus, and other stages belong to well-known spectral types, of which there are hundreds of examples in the sky. Of periodic variables, the number announced is rapidly increasing, though the determination of periods and light curves is a slower process. Chandler's first catalog of variables, appearing about 1888, contained more than 200 stars. His third, in 1896, contained nearly twice as many, and, as he found too little time to complete his fourth, the work has been undertaken on a much more extensive scale by the German Astronomical Society Astronomische Gusselschaft. Meanwhile, however, in 1903, the Harvard Provisional Catalog, with supplement, included more than 1,300. 400 were detected at Harvard alone in 1904 from comparison of photographs, more than half of them in the two Magellanic Clouds, and nearly a quarter in the Orion Nebula, followed next year by more than 800 in the smaller Magellanic Cloud. In the same two years, practically 400 variables were officially numbered as authentic. By far, the greater number of long-period variables have periods of 250 to 400 days, the first known, Miraceti, varying from 2nd to 10th magnitude in about 11 months. Chi Cygni varies from 4.5 to 13.5 magnitude in 13.5 months, V. Delphini from 7.3 to 17.3 in 540 days. This is the widest range of magnitude known, corresponding to an actual brightness ratio of unity to 10,000. Mira, however, though its range is about 8 magnitudes, sometimes rises to a higher maximum than usual, and sometimes sinks to a lower minimum. This irregularity in degree seems not so strange as it would be in the case of an eclipsing variable, for the spectroscopic evidence goes to show that each brightening is of the nature of a fresh outburst of activity in the form of blazing hydrogen. 
there seems no periosity in the high maxima unless we accept one of fifty-nine and a half years suggested by p guthnick and the light does not invariably follow the usual rule of a rise quicker than the fall in brightness moreover on one occasion the maximum was a month late while minor deviations from the mean period are not unusual these irregularities point to an analogy with the sunspot period though on a very much exaggerated scale chi cygni is even more irregular and has also a greater range of magnitude its average period has been lengthening slowly ever since its discovery in the seventeenth century and is now one percent longer than it was some of these stars show well-marked double maxima and some are only regular in the fact of their alterations no similarity showing itself between successive ranges of variation aragai was supposed to be quite irregular though only slightly variable until in nineteen o three dr lundendorf of potsdam got out a period of just over twenty-seven years far longer than that of any other known variable the most irregular variable known is beyond question eta argus more generally known since the subdivision of that great constellation as eta carina to which we have alluded before as now showing the typical spectrum of a nova it is supposed to have been fainter than the fourth magnitude in ptolemy's time as he did not record it though others at the same altitude at alexandria are found in the almagest Halley, in 1677, at St. Helena, obtained the first known observation of it, assigning to it the fourth magnitude. Ten years later, and again to Lacau in 1751, it was of the second magnitude. The variation since more regular observations began is shown in the accompanying diagram, showing that for some time, nearly ten years in fact, it was brighter than any star in the sky except Sirius, but has been invisible to the naked eye since 1868, and now shows a dull red in the telescope with no apparent variation at all. Red stars show a large proportion of variables, and nearly all long-period variables are red, so that there seems some connection between the two characteristics. A. Seferic of Prague, from five years' observation, 1883 to 1888, of a list of 22 red stars, found eight variable and five more or less dying, whose loss of light was confirmed from previous observations. A few cases are, however, known of red stars growing brighter and remaining so. Of the variables of short period, generally taken to mean those of period less than a month by far the greater number go through their cycle of change in less than eight days and a fair portion in less than one day all of them seem to be close binary systems revolving in the period of variation like the eclipsing variables of the algal type but the changes in pickering's fourth class are not due to eclipse they are sometimes divided into three subordinate classes the first of which delta cephei is a type containing stars showing no tendency to stay at maximum or minimum their rise being however about twice as quick as their fall in luminosity spectroscopic evidence suggests in every case tested the presence of a dark or faint companion in fact all appear to be spectroscopic binaries a recent suggestion of dr meyerman in nineteen o five to account for the variation of delta cephei is that the orbit is eccentric and the light change due to a change in radiation depending on the distance the second subdivision, cluster variables, includes those hundreds noted at Harvard and the Magellanic Clouds, and very few are found outside clusters in the open sky. They generally show periods of less than a day, with a very sudden rise to maximum, a much slower return, and stronger tendency to stay at minimum. Y. Lyra, discovered by A. Stanley Williams in the Northern Hemisphere, and S. R. A. by R. T. A. Inns in the Southern, are very similar typical cases. In 1904, Madame Swarovski discovered a cluster variable in Cygnus with a computed period of only 3 hours 12 minutes. In the previous year, a period of about 4 hours for a star in Ursa Major had been claimed as the shortest known, only 3 stars having shown variations half so quick. 
Zeta Geminorum, the main type of the remaining subdivision, is a spectroscopic binary discovered independently by Bela Pawlowski and Campbell in 1898. But though the companion is a dark body, the minimum does not occur at conjunction and is therefore not due to eclipse. The feature of this class is the regularity of their rise and fall, though one, S. Antile, one of the three referred to in the last paragraph, having a period under eight hours, shows a marked tendency to remain at maximum, and so was for some time regarded as an algal variable. The best known variable in the group is Beta Lyra, one of several instances of a sort of double periodicity, equal maxima being separated by alternate unequal minima, suggesting that the appearance may be caused similarly to that of an algal variables, except that in this case the bodies, though unequal, are both bright so that each alternately occults the other. On this hypothesis, Professor G. W. Myers concludes that the smaller body is the brighter, the low minimum occurring while it is behind the larger body, the higher one when it passes in front. He also accounts for the regularity of the changes by assuming a gaseous constitution for the bodies, which are supposed to revolve almost in contact, so that by mutual attraction they are elongated. Thus, the maxima occur at times when there is no foreshortening, whose effect, as they rotate, is to cause a steady diminution of light until conjunction. A similar case, Eupegasi, Myers considers an example of recent investigations of Poncier and Darwin on possible figures of equilibrium for revolving masses of fluid, one of which, called apioidal or B-shaped, is that of two masses in actual contact. It is this hourglass form that Myers suggests for Eupegasi. On the assumption that Myers is right, these stars might be relegated to the algal class, as they would owe their principal loss of light to eclipse. Professor Newcomb suggests distinguishing between stars whose variation depends on the direction of the line of sight, and those independent of it. All algal variables would cease to be variables if the line of sight were perpendicular to their orbital planes. So would Beta Lyra and Eupegasi, according to Myers. It is very difficult to draw a line, especially as the suggested explanation may not be correct. In the case of Y. Cygni, discovered by Chandler in 1886, with a period long uncertain owing to its commensurability with daylight, a suspected period of one and a half days being difficult to verify as alternate minima would be invisible, ultimately showed a variation in three days with two unequal portions of 33 hours and 39 hours respectively, indicating an eccentric orbit not bisected by the line of sight. All such stars as these would be certainly regarded as algal binaries by A.W. Roberts of Lovedale, South Africa, one of the leading workers in the Southern Hemisphere at this branch of astronomy. He distinguishes no less than five types of algal variation, one of which, R2 Centauri, is almost a model for Eupegasi, and claimed as an apioidal binary. It is evident that a dark component is not universally considered essential for an algal variable. Roberts obtained separate curves according to the relative size and brightness of the two components. The longest period known for an algal binary is just over 31 days, in the case of UZ Cygni, discovered by Mrs. Fleming in 1902, which she considers probably an apioidal system. Three years later, this discovery was followed in the same place by that of W2 Tari, whose variation from approximately the 7th to the 11th magnitude is the greatest of any algal-type star. Notwithstanding the range, which, in a long-period binary, increases more or less with the period, this star, like all but two of the algal group, goes through its changes in less than five days. As a matter of fact, in about two and three-quarter days. H.N. Russell of Princeton and A.W. Roberts, from different data, found the average density of algal variables much less than that of the Sun, and their spectral characteristics also differentiate them from ordinary short-period variables, which are of the solar type. Variable stars do not appear to be near the Earth. 
Mira has a proper motion of a quarter of a second of arc annually, but the only parallax determined by Dr. Chase makes Algol ten times as distant as Sirius, or nearly 90 light-years away. Like the closely allied red stars, many of which are variable, they seem gregarious, as besides the class of cluster variables, several are found near the positions of various novae, indicating that certain regions of space are far more favorable to variation. The best known observers of variable stars in this country are Stanley Williams, Anderson, and Gore, the British Astronomical Association also doing good work under the direction of Colonel Markwick. Elsewhere, W. Swarovski and his wife in Moscow, Roberts in South Africa, and a large number of Americans have devoted themselves to the work, including J.A. and H.M. Parkhurst, E.F. Sawyer, and P.S. Yendel, in addition to the Harvard Band under Professor Pickering and Mrs. Fleming, whose investigations are mostly photographic. We have already referred to S.C. Chandler's work in forming a catalog, now in the hands of Dooner, Mueller, and Hartwig. A very valuable contribution to the subject is Father Hagen's Atlas Stellarium Variabilium, which is in constant demand among those who do the necessary work of carrying out a series of observations of recognized variables in order to confirm or improve the periods and light curves. The latest catalog, the second Harvard catalog of variable stars, contains 1,791 variable stars in the Magellanic Clouds and 1,957 elsewhere, showing the enormous recent progress now being made in this subject. End of chapter 30